sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Lights out and away we go with another fantastic edition of TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling. Here with me, as always, is my co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgeway. Matt, coming off a rain, rain-soaked Dover weekend, man. How you doing with the recovery with the Monday race? Kind of a short week. How you feeling? I feel like the only more proper welcome uh, I could have gotten to my first New England experience uh, would be to be stuck on a crab boat and uh, just like in a in gale force winds because that's basically what I was trying to do tires in on Friday. Uh, it was miserable all weekend. New England, the New England area was very nice. The people were awesome. I have no ill uh, things to say about them uh, or the area itself, but the weather was just brutal. Uh, all weekend long. Monday was gorgeous for the most part. Had some raindrops in the race, but we got it in. Um, besides that, uh, my whole week is thrown off. I have no idea what time zone I'm in or day of the week I'm in. Um, so two orders of business before we get started. You notice how I said business. Business. Uh, <clears throat> business before we get started. Apologies. Last week, um, we did not get an episode in. That was on me. Uh I had a unexpected absence from school last Thursday, which is our recording day. And so it's kind of, I just, I wound up, you know, having to be a dad and a husband instead of having free time like I normally do. That takes precedence. Hopefully yeah, you you're all gone, understand. You're gone all weekend. Like when yeah. you get time, when you get time yes. during the week. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, we can put it It rarely understand. comes up. It was unplanned, but the opportunity presented itself to get to be a dad and a husband last Thursday. And so I took that opportunity. Um, Secondly, um, happy belated birthday, Bryce. I know um, this doesn't count. I was supposed to have a segment on the Morning Five with the rest of the people uh, who actually took time to wish you a happy birthday. And I, as a terrible friend, uh, did not get that in it, it, to billion times. So um, I, I will grant you a happy belated birthday. Uh, on this podcast because it's our own and we do what we want. That's right. Um, I don't have anything special. Like I've got no video segment. Don't press any buttons or anything. Um, I'll just say that and we can, uh, we can pick up there. Well, good, a good belated birthday present would be, uh, would be for a priest to get a win at Kansas this weekend. I think that'd be a, uh, I think that'd be a good, good belated birthday present. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to tell you there's no chance because the dude can drive a race car, but uh, a mile and a half programs, it's not a well-kept secret that Fords don't really got it right now. So we'll see. Um, always be pleasantly surprised. That doesn't mean we're not trying. It doesn't mean we're not, we're not, it's not like we've written Kansas off as we have no chance. Believe me, we're doing everything we can think to do. Uh, Chad, the Chad, the crew chief come in and said, well, it's clear what we've been doing is not working. So I'm going to take a shot at it. And we'll see what a shot looks like. If we All run right. 30th, I won't be surprised. If we qualify second and run fifth, I won't be surprised. So you we'll gonna, just have to throw, start yep. throwing some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. 
You gonna add that piece of tape to the front bumper? Is that what I'm hearing? We're gonna put a little uh, piece of clear packing tape there to the front bumper. No, whatever we do to the front uh, bumper will be legal. So that's that's the number one. It doesn't do much to win a race if you're immediately disqualified after the race. It's very true. That's very. Uh, tell, tell it to Reggie Bush. You know he, he's got the. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he still got. He did he have to give the Heisman back? He got, he had to give it back, and I think he got it back. I don't know that that whole situation has gone that's back and forth. All, like a all of times. that, every post. Like everything the NCAA does after it's already happened is stupid. Like so dumb. Stripping Alabama of their so many wins between 1965 and 1974 because Bear Bryant recruited violation. I don't. That's all. It's stupid. So, it's so, it, it's like all count. It's like people like if it's like if you went to Disney World and then came back and somebody told you like I, you didn't go to Disney World. You didn't have a good time. You got to forget that in your memory. Like it's already happened. Yeah. Who cares? Like, yes. So, uh, once again, going off on a tangent, but I'm telling you, that's the, that's, nickname for this, that's the nickname of this podcast, The Tangent. The tangent. <laughs> Let's go over the Xfinity race at Dover this past weekend. Ryan Truex rolls to a first Xfinity <laughs> Series win at Dover. Truex dominated the Dover race, leading 124 laps and swept both stages, ultimately winning by more than four seconds. Just before going to victory lane, Ryan was greeted by his older brother, Martin, whose first victory also came at Dover. Junior Motorsports driver and defending race winner Josh Berry finished second to Truex, securing an impressive record at Dover as well. He's finished either first or second in all three of his Xfinity Series starts at the Monster Mile. Berry's JR Motorsports teammate Justin Allgaier was third, followed by Richard Childress Racing Austin Hill. And Truex's Joe Gibbs Racing teammate John Hunter Nemechek and Sammy Smith. Stuart Haas Racing Cole Custard finished sixth good enough to earn the $100,000 dash for cash incentive award for the second straight week claiming the final installment of the bonus for 2023 he also got the big money from the series sponsor Xfinity at Talladega Super Speedway nice to see Cole Custer putting in some good performances back to back that was something you and I talked about early on in the season as we thought Cole was going to be a little bit more competitive than he was good. early on in the season. Yeah, good. Uh, early on in the season. And we were kind of uh, concerned that that might hurt his confidence, but he hasn't got a win yet, but he has been competitive in the past couple of races, which is nice to see out of Cole. Yeah, I think they're getting there. That's a new crew chief on that. JR, uh, I think his name's JR. That's going to sound bad if I got that wrong. Um, <laughs> it, anyway, he's a new crew chief. Um, so the, it Cole's old crew chief is now Riley's crew chief. Oh, well, and then uh, the other crew chief that he worked with is obviously at RCR now, was his cup crew chief, is now the director of the RCR Xfinity program, which is doing well with Austin Hill over there. So um, that that's still, you think it all falls right back into place, and that's not necessarily the case. Uh, they seem to be getting the right direction. Both those cars have speed. I've been really impressed with Riley, but we can talk about that another time. Um, but yeah, so Cole is, uh, I think they're coming together two weeks in a row, winning a hundred thousand dollars will, uh, boost anyone's confidence. I think. How old is Cole? Do you know? Uh, he's my age, our age. Okay. Um, I think he's a little bit younger than me. Uh, I'm 31. Why can you not click on the drivers? There we go. Stupid NASCAR.com. Uh, Cole Custer was born in 98. Okay, so he's much younger. So he's Holy six smokes. years, so he's 24. He's almost 10 years younger than I am. Yes. Nine years. Wow. 
um, $200,000 in back-to-back weeks for a 20-something-year-old kid. That's um, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money in back-to-back weeks. We saw that last last year with the Dash for Cash. We're like, it was like a 17 or 18-year-old won them back-to-back or something, won a, won a big payday. Yeah, it was... Um, I don't remember oh, who it was. Gosh. Uh, what John Hunter Nemechek, was it? No, it was the JRM kid. Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi? No. Sam uh, Mayer? Maybe. Maybe it was Sam Mayer? I don't remember. I just remember it was a young... Yeah, well, that would make sense. Because, uh, yeah, I think it was Sam Mayer because he was born in 2003. Yeah. Kid, kid born in the 2000s is racing in NASCAR. That Indeed. Makes me feel old. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, John's, John's brother won it last year. And, uh, you know, we were kind of... Comp- uh, commenting that, hey, you know, at that age, teenager, two hundred thousand dollars. If yes. I had it, it had been blown the next day on stupid stuff, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely blown. Did you get to watch much of the Xfinity Series race? I know it was a, a weird weekend schedule-wise for y'all. Uh, yeah, I watched some of it. I also took a nap during it, and <laughs> uh, see, that was on Saturday. We, yeah, we went out to dinner or something or other. So, but yeah, I saw some of it. That was that was sort of the storyline of both races, in my opinion, for Dover. Was it was hard to pass, man? It was. I, I feel like I feel like the Xfinity cars and the Cup Series cars, like it was it was near impossible to pass, and you had to have. I mean, you had to set up a pass for like a couple laps and and hit it near perfect to be able to get past the car in front of you, even if you were faster. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly what Xfinity's deal was. I mean, obviously we the Cup cars have a reputation for being near impossible to pass um i'm not exactly sure what the deal with the cup cars was but i mean i'm sorry the xfinity cars but that's seems to be pretty typical for for the environment yeah and it's crazy because in the x it's it's sort of i said this last year and it's sort of continued the trend this year the xfinity series race usually (laughs) on the weekend is probably the most entertaining race i mean between between all the all the series it's usually the xfinity cars that put on the most entertaining race but Man, I tell you what, this weekend between Xfinity, between Cup Series and F1, it was uh, it was a rough racing weekend. Luckily, IndyCar saved it at Alabama. With and I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I thought about this, and this is getting way ahead of ourselves. Uh, and I'll bring it back up. I think IndyCar now is the most competitive, entertaining racing of the big racing series throughout the world. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, week in and week mm-hmm. out. Uh, we'll revisit this when we get to the IndyCar segment, but I, I feel like it beats out NASCAR and it beats out F1 a lot of weekends. Um, so, yeah, Ryan Truex wins the Xfinity Series, and his brother, Martin Truex, he wins the Cup Series. They have a clean sweep at the Monster Mile this week for the Truex family. Martin Truex ends his winless streak and seals a family Dover double. The fourth win of his career at the one-mile oval, he considers his home track. Truex, who started 17th, and the 30 in the 36 car field after qualifying was canceled due to weather worked his way forward in that 19 Joe Gibbs racing Toyota and finally took the lead for the first time with 69 laps remaining and led all but one of those final remaining laps to claim his first points paying victory of the season ending a 54 race win streak he and his JGR pit crew ultimately had to earn with a pit strategy and pit execution he went with two tires in the last stop. Ross Chastain went with four tires. I thought for sure the way the tire degradation was happening at Dover that Ross Chastain was going to fly past Martin Truex Jr. at some point, uh, but he didn't. Ross Chastain 
couldn't really get up to the bumper and we talked about how hard passing was track position was at a premium at this dover race and the two tire call was the right call i thought the four tire call was going to be the right call i thought the tire degradation was going to um i thought it was going to hurt martin Truex jr a lot more than it did i thought ross chastain was going to be able to pass him with five six laps to go because of the tire deg but uh martin Truex jr was able to hold off a charging ross chastain Notably, Bryce, that is the second time this year we have seen uh, a two-tire call at a dangerous, a gutsy two-tire call at the end of the race uh, wound up being the winning ticket. The other being Phoenix, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, happened there. Y'all so, had a four-tire call at one point, right? That didn't go your way? Uh, didn't Priest have a four-tire call that didn't go your way? No, I don't... I don't think we've taken the only time we've taken two tires this year is the Daytona 500. No, I think I think Priest at one of the races took four tires, and the two tire pit strategy won. And I don't remember where that was because I remember us talking about it because we both agreed that I at the time I thought the four tire pit call was the right call. That was Phoenix. That, okay, was so Phoenix. that was the Phoenix race. Okay, so we okay. gave up track position to come get four tires and got almost none of it back on the final restart. So. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was the right call then. I thought the four tires for Ross Chastain at Dover <laughs> was the right call because tire, I mean, tires were just falling apart. What did you see on your end, Matt, with, with tire deg at, uh, at Dover? Uh, it was it was medium to bad, but it was consistent. Uh, none of the, It never got worse or better. It, it, we thought it was going to be really bad. On Saturday, we ran practice and we pulled the practice tires off. Uh, we had cords on the tire. And if you know anything about racing, the only thing under the cords is air. So um, <laughs> once you see once you see the cords that the tires... Oh, excuse me, I burped in the middle of my sentence. <laughs> once you, you stop see, drinking beer at 8.20 in the morning, man. <laughs> you know, it's my day off. Don't tell me how to live my life. Uh, no, um, it, it was bad, but it was consistent all day. Uh, it, it didn't look terrible on Sunday. Saturday was awful. That's why we had the competition caution at lap 20. If you know anything, that's really early to get a competition caution. But when showing cords with 15 to 20 laps on our tires from practice, obviously everybody was a bit hesitant going into the day. That's crazy. Um, but it no, it looked, it looked okay. It looked a lot better than we expected. Uh, and I think... With it being consistent as it was uh, all day, that's what gave the, the crew chiefs the, the boldness to call that two-tire stop. So, does Goodyear's the tire tire people, right? It's Goodyear, yes. Goodyear tires? Okay, so yep. does Goodyear have different levels of hard or soft tires depending on where you go? Yes, but it does not change. Like, they don't bring multiple options to a racetrack. Right. So right, whatever right. compound they are going with, yes, the the D code. So uh, you'll on the left sides you'll have D code D eighty six fifty. That is the tire compound. That's the construction of the tire and basically how soft or uh, or hard of a tire compound it is. It will tell you. Um, so they'll select a compound weeks in advance, if not months in advance, and get all the tires made. So everybody's is the same but it is different compounds every week. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Like, you know, I think, I, I don't know if this probably wouldn't be possible, but I, I think it'd be cool if Goodyear went to something that like F1 does that has different levels Multiple of compounds. Yeah. 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 I think, I think it'd be interesting. 
I think it would it would add, you know, another level to the strategy um, for for NASCAR. And I uh, on top of that, I have something else to bring up another rule <laughs> change in F one that I would like to see. Okay. Um, but I, I think I think in NASCAR that would, you know, I, I don't know I don't know how many people would be for it, but I, I think it'd be interesting. I think it'd be another level of strategy to have to put the crew chiefs through. It would be interesting. Um, I'm harder for y'all, definitely. I'm personally not going to advocate for it uh, <laughs> because I have enough stuff going on with one compound. So, but that's that's me being selfish as well. Right. Full, like being complete honest, I I don't care for uh, more tire variables than I already have. It would definitely uh, add for more work for y'all, no doubt. Yeah. Once I'm not the tire guy, free race, do whatever you want. <laughs> But while I, my job is a tire specialist, I would like for there to be not much special about the tires. That's, <laughs> if that's okay with everybody else. Uh, Chastain, who took his fourth stage win of the season, finished a slight half a second behind Martin Truex Jr., but wasn't able to make up any ground on the leader in the closing laps after uh, passing Ryan Blaney, who also took only two tires in the final stop. Matt, one thing I wanted to bring up from last week, we didn't get to go over this, but one thing I wanted to bring up with you and see if you had any inside information or have heard anything around the Oof. garage. Oof. Um, uh, we always hear things. So Let me tell I, you what. All right. Just just before you ask me your question. Okay. One thing I was not prepared for uh, going into this year that, that I could not have been prepared for is the amount of gossip inside the NASCAR Cup Series garage. We we gossip like middle school girls. I'm not <laughs> kidding you, guys. Everybody is in everybody else's business. And I'm not talking about like, what are they doing with their cars to make their cars fast? I'm talking about dumb SH, you know what? I like- What is this, F1? It, yeah, I mean, it is. And it's not even politics, it's just stupid. Like, who cares? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, mind your own... I'm, I'm sorry. Mind your own business. Like, who cares what's happening to so-and-so's freaking sponsor? Or, like, uh, what? Like, I just don't care. I'm Maybe I'm the problem, Bryce. May, I'm willing to admit <laughs> that maybe I'm the problem. But I do not give a flying flip about what is happening with any other team in the garage or like who's having what food or who's going, who's cheating on who with whose wife or like I like, or who's was found in whose hotel room or who had to be rescued from a bar because they were intoxicated. Like, or, or who had a flat tire on the way to the race. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> dude, I that, don't care. I did not expect happening. that. Dude, I'm talking, I, I'm, Middle school girls gossip less than than the Cup Series garage does. It's I, amazing. It's I, unbelievable. Just just sitting back and watching it is just mind blowing. That blows me away, dude. I did not like that. Is not at all what I thought. Like I am. I would have expected that out of an F1 paddock for sure. But like out, yeah. of, out of NASCAR, like that blows me away. That it, really I, blows me away. It it is something to behold, especially like I don't know. It's just my background. It's something that I'm not used to. Um, I, I just, it's, yeah. it is an observation I have made that it, I don't know. It's, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just, it's not really my style. Um, so I, I have, I'm, you know, have my own opinions of it already, 
preconceived notions, but yeah, I'm with uh, you, dude. I, I don't like when there's gossip and stuff. I, I just don't, I don't care. I, yes, you know, this might sound callous. I don't care about other people like yep. in that, in that I, way, like the gossip, way, you know, I mean, that's how I feel. Like I, yeah. I just, I just don't care. I've got my own deal going on. My job is to make sure that the tires on the 41 car are as good as they can be. Uh, and that's what I'm worried about. And I just do not give a crap about anything else yeah, like I, yeah. I don't care about your rumors or your uh, your gossip i just don't care and and honestly that makes me like kind of standoffish like i feel like i'm sort of developing that reputation as is not approachable and and like a, a loner a lone wolf kind of situation in the cup series garage i have a great rapport with my crew chief and my car chief and that's kind of all that matters because they're the ones in charge of my job but I don't know. I just, uh, I, it's, it's interesting. It's, I'm not sure if it's not what I expected or it's just, I couldn't know what to expect. And it, I it just, it's, uh, that's, that's shocking. That is, that really is shocking, man. That, that they, blows me away. I'm telling you that um, they, people are worried about other people. I mean, that is, there's genuine concern. That necess- that wasn't necessarily where I was going with my question. So anyway, what was your is, question? Uh, my my question my- was, yeah, not necessarily who got drunk at a bar last night and had to get picked up, but like um, Kyle Larson, the thing with his uh, where a passenger would sit with the weld that broke at, at Talladega because of the collision. Um, yep. I, I don't know why Kyle Larson keeps wrecking Ryan Priest, but it happened again. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't Kyle Larson or Ryan. I'll Priest give him a pass on this one. <laughs> I mean, he didn't wreck us at Bristol. He put us in the fence. He wrecked himself at Bristol. <laughs> yeah, but like, suck. Has there been concern throughout the NASCAR garage with the way that that passenger side car just sort of folded like tinfoil in that situation? Like, I know it was a, I know it was kind of a, a freak angle with the speed and everything, but like that, in my opinion, wasn't something that should happen to a NASCAR. Like, you shouldn't see one of the bars folded up like that. If that would have been on the driver's side, dude, that would have been a, a very bad situation for Kyle Larson. Uh, yeah, there's, there is, there was concern. I mean, I guess Larson being okay, but yes, it was certainly something of note that a lot of people paid attention to. Um, it's worth mentioning that the driver side is more reinforced than the passenger side. I did hear that. Yeah, um, it, it, they are not the same on both sides. Um, the the driver side is built more like a tank. It has a, a steel plate on the outside of the bars, more what you'd expect. Um, and but yes to answer your question there was a lot of uh, awareness and concern about the damage that kyle larson's car sustained um yes it was a freak accident but you have to be ready for freak accidents because Bingo. freak accidents happen at, at this high speed there will, all be, will always be variables you don't control um the forces of nature are as unpredictable on a racetrack as they are in the weather um, so you you control what you can control, and certainly NASCAR is trying to do that. NASCAR has both of those cars. Uh, they took the five from the racetrack, and they asked Stuart Haas for permission uh, to to have the 41 car, and we um, we provided that for them. We took the 41 car over there. They let us get off the the driver comfort things that we need to to keep using, and um, if for the remaining it's not like a normal teardown where we go over there and they release the car back to us I, that car may be in their possession for some time we don't yeah. have a 
but and, but and lucky they for are... all like it's a it's a talladega car so there's i would assume there's not many instances where you can reuse a talladega car in the nascar schedule maybe i'm wrong but that... no, normally in previous years you would have been right but this generation car every car like our talladega car could be a road course car I, oh, there's wow. no yeah there's no so uh we are down a chassis right now um where i think we're allowed eight I should know this, but it's not really. I don't. You're not I the keep chassis with, guy. I keep up with one every weekend, and I barely, I rarely know what chassis that is. Um, now, if they keep, if they keep mm. stuff like that, like say there's, you know, the, the chassis thing, you're allowed eight. They keep that car. Do you think they would allow like a replacement eight because they need to keep that car for if, research if and development? If that chassis is determined to have been uh, structurally compromised, yes, we can replace it. Okay. Uh, there's a process that a teams go through. Uh, when when they feel like a chassis has been compromised, it has to be okayed by NASCAR. But that's not really a it. It's more of a checks and balances system. It's not like a, a haggling system. Like obviously NASCAR is looking out for safety number one. So it's not like it's a super complicated process. But there is a formal formality to it. Um, how to replace a, a chassis that's been damaged? Okay. Uh, so yes. Not you a do have to get F1 one NASCAR, but you can replace it. Okay, so there, NASCAR isn't as, as strict as F1 is. Like, you know, F1 has like grid penalties when you have to go to new FPUs. New no, NPGs, yeah, no. NASCAR, like NASCAR uses common sense in this area, and 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 for as much as they don't, as much as we give them crap, driver safety is they're usually on top of. I mean, anything that has to do with safety parameters. NASCAR doesn't play games with, and you have to you have to give them credit. Wherever you want to take credit for them, anywhere else, you have to give them credit for how they uh, approach safety. They were they were very quick in requesting that we give them that car. They are in the process of trying to recreate that accident at the R&D Center in Concord, so they can better understand what happened, how it happened, and if there's any way to make it preventable in the future. So. Yeah. They I'll give you that. NASCAR has done a phenomenal job ever since Dale passed away. Like NASCAR's steps to make the sport as safe as they possibly can, they've a thousand percent done a great job at that. Now, have yeah. they, you know, killed some of the racing in the in the process? Possibly, but it is it is a million times safer right now than it was when I was watching in the '90s. Um, you know, I think they've done a, I think they have taken strides there. They've done a good job of it. Um, so, yeah, the Truex family sweeps the Monster Mile at Dover this weekend. Martin winning the Cup Series and Ryan winning the Xfinity Series. Matt, out in Alabama, the IndyCar race. And I'm going to say something. I don't know if it's controversial or not, but it's just my opinion. IndyCar, week in and week out, every time they race, they deliver the best racing of any top motorsport series in the world, in my opinion. I think they have a better consistency of competitive racing than the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, the Craftsman Truck Series, the the F1, F2, whatever you want to do. I think IndyCar whole. I think IndyCar right now is the gold standard for most competitive, enjoyable motorsport racing out of all the top premier leagues in the in the entire world. That's interesting. Um, I, I you're the first I've heard that from. I mean, obviously we know that IndyCar is has a really good product right now i unfortunately it'll i don't know if it will ever get more popular than it is now indycar does a terrible job of marketing itself Awful. worse than nascar Awful. Uh, yeah i mean it's just it is atrocious there's no other way around it 
So I don't know what to expect going forward, um, but but certainly you have uh, a point that it is their product right now is as good, if not better, than it's ever been. Yep, and and they're starting. They are trying to market a bit better because they do have, you know, um, Drive to Survive on Netflix. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I watch all of it. They are, they do have, IndyCar has their own Drive to Survive. Did you know that? Uh, 100 Days to Indy? Uh, no, it's something different. Um, oh. I don't remember what it was called, uh, but they advertised it during the race. Matt, do you know where you can find this indie version of Drive to Survive? I'm going to take a wild guess and say it's behind a paywall on yeah, Peacock. It is not on Peacock. That is an actual streaming platform that people know about. Oh, even better. This one is, yes, it is behind a streaming platform. I believe it is free, though. I think it's a free streaming platform. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a something. The CW app. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you know CW had an app? I'm not surprised, but I did not know. I didn't even know CW was still a channel, uh, A, and B, I didn't know it was an app. Um, it might be on Peacock, but what they what they advertised was on the CW app. So if it's on Peacock, I, I will I will see it at some point because I do use the Peacock streaming app here and there. Um, but they do have, so they are trying, but it's, yeah, you, I mean, you hit it spot on. The advertising for IndyCar is is atrocious. And, and in my opinion, it is the, it is the most consistently competitive, enjoyable racing to watch on the weekend if you are just a motorsports fan. Yeah. Um, and you know. So, all right. So put yourself, let's, let's go down the rabbit hole here. Okay. If you, you are, you and I run IndyCar, how, what's your first idea that you're going to make IndyCar more popular? What, is, what are you going to do? My, my first idea is, uh, hey, the, is copy Drive to Survive. Get a Netflix series. I mean, we saw what it's done with Drive to Survive for F1 in, in America. It's, it's huge. It's exploding. We see what it's doing for golf right now. Golf couldn't be in a better position with the PGA Tour and the LIV Tour going head-to-head, and now they have full swing on Netflix. If I'm the IndyCar guy, I am going, and I am making a, a Netflix documentary, even if we want to move 100 Days to Indy over to Netflix. But I'm getting my series on a premier streaming app, whether it's, whether it's Netflix, whether it's Apple TV, who's huge right now, whether it's HBO Max, but I am getting a drive to survive or full swing type deal on a major streaming app, not the CW app. Okay. And so you have, you have covered media. I'm going to cover, uh, well, media also, but I'm going to come at this from a different angle. Okay. You, so your idea is perfect. You're going to work on that. You're and we're not using Netflix because Netflix, I mean, Netflix is contractually obligated to Formula One at this point. I think those two are deeply entrenched together, uh, as they should be. Uh, with the, the, That deal has worked out well for both of them. So you're going to go, let's say, HBO Max, Apple TV, one of those big competitors for Netflix right now in the market. Perfect. So you're going to work on that. What I'm going to work on is capturing the demographic that racing is lacking. 18 to 35 year olds males in the United States. How am I going to do that? I am going to create an IndyCar video game that is based on 
uh, just like a career mode. It's not going to be produced by Codemasters because, again, Codemasters in bed with F1. Uh, but I am going to create a massively popular and well-constructed video game, sole IndyCar game uh, that consumers can buy, and that will pull in an audience that is untouchable right now. And <clears throat> IndyCar, to their credit and extreme detriment because they're absolute idiots, incompetent idiots, tried to go down that route, but they signed an exclusive rights deal for an IndyCar video game with a company that is basically the Enron of video games. For you people uh, listening uh, who don't know what Enron is, it, it, it's basically a fake company. They don't really exist. They, um, they make their money by promising, uh, by signing exclusive rights deals and promising content uh, by being able to be the sole provider. But they actually suck really bad at what they do. And they're hemorrhaging money. They're like ballet sports. They they are sinking faster than the Titanic. And that, and by IndyCar signing this exclusive rights deal with um, this company that I'm not even going to name because they're not worth mentioning. Uh, they don't they don't deserve to have their name mentioned. Unless All the games they put out suck too. They've only yeah, put out I, a couple. They're terrible. I, I don't have enough spit in my mouth to spit after I say their name right now, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but this company, by signing an exclusive rights deal with this company, uh, iRacing, who does really well, I mean, does top not top of the line sim racing in the, the world. The best sim racing, in my opinion. The best you can find. Uh, now, there's mods and, and unlicensed content on about every sim you can find. Some of it is fantastic. But as far as official content goes, iRacing was the place for IndyCar. And people who love IndyCar were on iRacing for their IndyCar because that's where you find the best IndyCar uh, product as far as video games goes. And unfortunately, iRacing had to de-license all of their official IndyCar content because the exclusive rights deal uh, with this other gaming company. So not only did they piss off their entire fan base that was already on iRacing for them, but they're not even going to get the exclusive rights video game that they signed on for because this company is, is I mean, if they've not already declared bankruptcy, it is imminent. It, they will be no IndyCar video game from this company. And NASCAR is also, they don't have an exclusive rights deal for content because they are licensed with iRacing and that's not going to change. Um, but they did, they did contract through this company for uh, console video games. And they, NASCAR, to their credit, the reports in the last two weeks are that NASCAR is extremely unhappy with this company and is actively seeking to, if legally it, and if necessary through court, break this contract, sever this contract with this company. Really? Uh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's great yes. news. Uh, I think Adam Stern reported that NASCAR is uh, really, really behind the scenes, privately upset that that they fell for, not fell for this, but I mean, but that they are not getting what they expected uh, right. because the company was fake the whole time. They were, they were absolute, it was a lie. It was a farce. And to be fair you can look it up on youtube there were people calling it from the start 
that this company is bad for sim racing. It is going to, it is going to be bad. It is going to get worse before it gets better. This company is going to come in, wreck a lot of things, and then be on its way out. Uh, they had a groundbreaking, cutting-edge way of business model. Uh, it's also not at all sustainable. I mean, it's sustainable if it works, but it's a huge high-risk gamble. Guess what? Didn't work. They're crashing and burning like the 1929 stock market, and IndyCar and NASCAR are tied up in it uh, to their own fault. It, I mean, it is what it is. It's their fault. Uh, they, If kids on YouTube have enough uh, research and common sense to make videos that this is going to be bad, uh, you would think that the millions and millions of marketing dollars that NASCAR and IndyCar have at their expense uh, could have come to that same conclusion rather easily. Uh, so IndyCar goes back, circles all the way back around to what we were saying, just absolute crap at marketing themselves. Um, could do a lot better, should do a lot better, should be much more accessible. And lastly, uh, the thing I'm going to fix that we're not going to do as IndyCar directors. We're not going to go head-to-head -head in the TV ratings with NASCAR. That is asinine. I'm sorry. You can think what you... I don't think we have any more, very many IndyCar loyalist listeners who listen only for our IndyCar content. Oh, we uh, do. Uh, it's, uh, it's, all, it's your old cousy buddy who is, uh, who's the gas man for Scott McLaughlin. Well, I mean, he even he, he's a mercenary, man. He's going to... He's gonna go for whoever. He's not a an indie loyalist. He's he's a money loyalist. And and to his credit, he he's earned that. No one you can't take that away from him. He's not to say he hasn't worked hard or doesn't love what he does. Um, but but he's no IndyCar purist that thinks that IndyCar is the greatest form of motorsports and since the kart days. Um, but I, I'm going NASCAR and IndyCar should not compete with each other. Uh, it hurts both, but also IndyCar is never going to win that. It's You can't have a Monday Night Wars with IndyCar and NASCAR uh, unless we start the broadcast, start talking trash about the other every week, and we send NASCAR drivers over there to drive onto an IndyCar track with a tank and Degeneration X shirts and stuff. <laughs> if we want them, if we're going to do a ratings war between the two, we need to go all out and make a storyline and all this um, we need to go full Monday Night Wars from the late 90s. But uh, we just can't go head-to-head. IndyCar's never going to get TV ratings when they're on the same time as NASCAR. Yep, I agree. And I, I would like to see IndyCar work with Formula One because Formula happen. It will be, because because Formula One is so big over here. Like I would love to see I would love to see IndyCar work with Formula One because not very often do those two products go up against each other ratings wise um, and timing wise because of the races. I, I would love to see a co-op between those two companies to try to make open wheel racing even bigger here in the States than it already is. Yeah, I, I would love that. Uh, that also not going to happen. And it's entirely uh, in IndyCar's defense. That's an entirely on Formula One. Like Formula One is they, they're too good for everybody. They'll, yeah. they'll never... They'll never cooperate with any form of motorsports because they just don't have to. And and to their credit, they don't. Like the, what they're doing is working. Their marketing, they've they're figuring they have it figured out. Liberty Media has it figured out right now. Yep. They are making hands over fists money. They they're making more money than they know what to do. They're 
exponentially increasing the Atlanta Braves salary just because they have to put money somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, so as Braves fans, we I go we're benefiting drive. from it. If you're a Braves fan, you need to be watching Drive to Survive. You need yes. to be wa- yeah. watching support F1. F1. Yes. Support F1. Because yeah. that money goes to Liberty Media, who owns the Atlanta Braves, and determines every year how much money the Braves get to spend. Because there's no salary cap in baseball. So the Atlanta Braves could put together a Formula One roster of baseball prospects, and that will be at Liberty Media's discretion. I like that idea. I like that idea. Uh, Scott McLaughlin <laughs> does win in the Alabama Grand Prix on Sunday. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal race. Uh, the three-stop strategy, they did it to perfection to beat the two-stopping Roman Grosjean. Um, I'm starting to hate Scott McLaughlin just because it seems like he beats Grosjean every single time, and Grosjean's my guy. Uh, for, for no other reason than, than Scott McLaughlin's good. He's a good racer, and he has a good it's team strategy good. and everything. Yeah, I, like you know, I'm starting to dislike him like I disliked Kobe when Kobe played just because Kobe was so good. I hated the guy, you know. And uh, Kobe wasn't my guy. Scott McLaughlin, not my guy. Grosjean's my guy. Uh, so, you know, it's getting a little frustrating to see Scott McLaughlin winning all these races and Grosjean finishing in second. He, he finished in second again. That's the second consecutive runner-up finish for Roman Grosjean, who also plays second in the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Uh, the IndyCar Series record for consecutive second-place finishes is three shared by 13 different drivers and most recently tied by Elio Castroneves in 2008. McLaughlin earned his fourth NTT IndyCar Series career victory and his first this season in the number three Good Ranchers Team Penske Chevrolet. But there were other interesting statistics surrounding this race besides Scotty Mack's win. Um, so by the numbers, only one caution in this entire race. It's the, the lowest amount of cautions in this type of event since 2003 and tied for the least amount of 2016 and 2019, both with only one caution. And the number three, that's the amount of poles that Roman Grosjean has had in the NTT P1 award and is the fourth race this season for Honda, all on road or street courses. Felix Rosenquist won Chevy's sole pole on the oval at Texas. And the number 50, Marinus VK of Ed Carpenter Racing made his 50th career NTT IndyCar Series start at this event as well. Matt, it is May. And as we know... Exactly what I was about to say. You took the words out of my mouth, Bryce. It it is is May. It is May. And for any any motorsports fan, everybody knows what the month of May means. And that means we get IndyCar Racing at indianapolis and it is yeah. the pinnacle of motorsports in america in my opinion it's bigger yeah. than talladega bigger than daytona it is the pinnacle absolutely the the and to, to compound that the, the the greatest day in motorsports on the calendar year happens in the month of may yep the 28th may 28th i already have it written on the calendar <laughs> dad busy all day do not schedule anything because from about 7 a.m. in the morning when the Monaco interviews start happening until probably 1 a.m. on Monday morning, I will be watching Monaco and then I will switch over to the Indy 500 and then I will switch over to the Coca-Cola 500 or 600. 600. 600, excuse me. Um, so yeah, all day, it is It is the, it, uh, it, it, it's Christmas. It's Christmas for motorsports fans in, in spring. And I can't wait. It's it's. I look forward to it every single year. Monaco, Indy 500, 
Coca-Cola 600. I can't wait, man. It's it's so it's so exciting. I'm so it's Christmas, man. It's almost Christmas time for us motorsports fans. It is, uh, and the, this year I'm I'm excited. Uh, it will look different for me, obviously, because I have to be at the track uh, on Sunday, probably around two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so that's I'm probably going to go early just so I can watch the. They always so Charlotte Motor Speedway has one of the biggest Titan Trons in the world on the backstretch. That Titan Tron, to their credit, is on the Indy 500 for the fans that want to get there early and watch. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go cool. early just so I can watch the end of the. I don't have to be driving to Charlotte while the Indy 500 ends. Um, so I'll watch Monaco at my house and I'll watch Indy at the track and I will obviously be working during the entire Coca-Cola 600. Um, so going to be a super long day for me. Uh, I'll probably end it with a couple cold uh, cold ones what? when I get home at, at 1, 2 in the morning. Uh, just go sit out. It, the weather's usually nice. Uh, it's kind of, it's usually hot by the end of May here. Um, it's so it, it should be cool enough at, at night just to go sit out on the back patio and uh, Relax. You know, I don't. I don't think I. Life. I don't think I have anything going on that weekend. Uh, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm pretty free that weekend. That sounds like a plan. Uh, you have to make that, a road trip. You. I'm. I've got an extra bed. It's. It's all your. <laughs> um, like, uh, let me know fast enough, and I can see if I can get you pit passes for the 600. So we'll yeah. see. Um, I might have, have to talk to the wife and see if I can get that uh, road trip approved. It's it, it's work. It's it's track talk work. We have to, you know, it's podcast stuff. You know, we we could do a live post ra- post race podcast at like two in the morning on my back porch. That'd be pretty amazing. Uh, like crickets and everything. We I mean, crickets and a couple. Crickets, of, we haven't done a podcast yet this year with beer. So yeah, you know, you know, we haven't had the we haven't had the the usual cracking of beer to open up the podcast this year yet. Yeah. So that might have to make that. I have to make that work, but yeah, that's a uh, it's it's the start of May, and then IndyCar race this week at Baku. It's pretty boring, man. I, Indy at Baku, or excuse me, F one, F one at Baku. <laughs> uh, F F one was at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Pretty boring. Checo won. Um, really, the only thing of note that happened was uh, Esteban Ocon almost ran over a photographer. Um, they were letting people in pit lane too early. I guess they didn't realize the the race situation. That's that Esteban, not the first time that's happened. No, it's not. It happened. Um, uh, Lewis Hamilton did it a couple years ago, almost. Like yeah. they just they released people into the pit lane too early because and... in F one you can flood. They open every gate in the venue yeah. as soon as the race is over. Yeah, the Australian GP is always amazing when that happens because there's millions yeah. of people. That can yeah, and, and and like it's not the people's fault because they got you know they have to start lining up to get if you're going to get anywhere near the podium or the celebration, you have to be like. 20 laps to go people are probably lining up yep. so but and people are too dumb to realize that they're in harm's way standing on a racetrack because their focus is on they i mean they have to be there so yep. them, the crowd keeps building it keeps if you're in the very front you keep getting nudged and pushed forward because of it building behind you yep. uh, this this needs to stop we never need to talk about this again um if you've never seen the video of the paramedic getting hit by the F1 car uh, on YouTube, it's, I mean, it's not fun to watch, but from no. a safety aspect, it, there's a lot to be learned from it. Um, that, I mean, the guy was killed immediately. The, his, his body goes flipping in the air like 70 times. I mean, that's, it's not a joke. It's, it's extremely dangerous. Race cars versus people 
is not a matchup we need to see ever. Yep. Uh, and it and F1 and Liberty Media need to get on top of this now because it's a talking point. It shouldn't be a talking point. And the fact that it's a talking point and there's still time to fix it before someone is fatally hurt, um, it needs to be addressed fast. And the FIA did call the race organizers into their office after this race was over, and they were in there for a very, very long time. And this it's, it's, is a, I, I understand that this is a situational thing, but this is a policy thing. Yes. We, FIA needs to address how, like, how close anyone can be to any entrance within so many laps. Like, the, the cars on the cool-down lap, you still need to have, because we've seen people running onto the track during the cool-down lap. The race is over and they're running onto the track to get to the podium and cars are still on the flipping racetrack. Yes. Yeah. Uh, still going. Even if it's a cool down lap, these cars yes, are still going hundred miles an hour. That's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so and until, this, my opinion, until every single one of the running cars is parked on pit lane, nothing should be open. You should, the only people that should be on pit lane that are allowed are the team. The team should be yeah. able to go to the fence and, you know, wave at the driver, whatever. But until all 20 cars or however many cars are running, until they are on pit lane in part, nobody should have a gate open. No photographers, nobody should be allowed on the track. I agree. Cars need to be parked, drivers need to be out of the vehicles, and teams need to be a chance to get into their garage, or the teams that are on the podium need to get to the podium. Drivers that win the race, the, the three cars on the podium, grid spots, they can get out of their cars, but they have to stay right there. You don't start the celebrations before you let the fans in, but cars are parked, pit lane is cleared of any active crew members, drivers, or officials, and then you open all the gates. Let It can be a big TV thing. You can have fireworks and everything. Like It can be It'd the... Be easy. Like, it can be like your Black Friday video. Like, here they all come. Like, here's the countdown. Lights out and gates are open and away we go. <laughs> A great start by this fan. And that shouldn't be tough to do. Just just elongate the time that the drivers have in the cool down room. I mean, yes. how many how many amazing media clips do we get in the cool down room? Anyways, like it's it's yep. all it's all great content. Like yep. leave them in the leave them in the cool down room a little bit longer. So especially when drivers aren't happy with each other or yes. teammates won't talk to each other. I tell you, some of the best uh, ever cool down rooms are were. Um, Nico Lewis Rosberg Hamilton, and Lewis, Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton and Nico Rosberg. Yes, they would not even look at each other like. They would both <laughs> congratulate the third place driver and talk with the third and like they were best friends. And then they would pretend that the other one was not in the room. It was the yep. most amazing thing to watch. Phenomenal. Dude, it's, it's, it's great content. I'm so glad that my like I jumped into F1 as a fan, like right at the height of the Silver Wars era. And it was just amazing. I was so hooked. Like you were either team Nico Rosberg, like while the while the whole world was Team Edward or Team Jacob for Twilight. It was at Motorsports. It was that serious. You were either Team Hamilton or Team Rossberg uh, in F1. It was it was awesome. It was incredible. Do, do you think we're gonna get there this year with Max and Checo? I don't think so. Just because I don't expect I expect higher from Checo. Yeah. I I think Checo handles himself with more class than most people in the garage. Checo's been through a lot. He realizes like this is his opportunity. He's not going. He's not going to be the number one driver at Red Bull, even though he probably feels like he's capable of winning every week. He's I absolutely. Think, okay. I think he's okay with that. I, he's yeah. he's played the teammate role 
uh, as he's been asked before, uh, and we've not seen that reciprocated um, by um, uh, Verstappen. Yeah. We have um, so I, I expect Checo to, I think Checo knows his role, and I think he kind of takes pride in it. I think he knows that in the public eye, he's looked upon more favor- favorably than Max is right now um, because of how he carries himself, because he's willing to do play the teammate role when he's asked, and because he thinks he's capable of probably beating Max most weeks if everything goes right. Um, I, I expect Checo to continue to conduct himself like he has. Do do you think right now Red Bull has in their paddock the three most popular drivers in F1? Yes, although I think Max's popularity is kind of plateaued. I think because uh, for a while he was the rising star. Right. And, and and every once in a while, like we saw this with Lewis Hamilton, eventually you keep winning, people are going to get tired of you. They'll become the Alabama. He'll become the Alabama Crimson Tide of F1. People will start to turn on him just because, and especially like, I mean, he he does things to hurt himself in the public eye, um, whether you like that or not. I mean, he is him. He owes nobody any explanation for how he conducts himself. But uh, the court of public opinion takes superstars and athletes uh, the way they he conduct breaks themselves. Breaks them over the coals sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so Max is no exception to that. And I think the way that he handles himself and having the radio clips of him refusing, of just having meltdowns and and refusing to help Checo out and just crying on the radio. And then that video of uh, the entire Red Bull team hugging Checo and Max's dad is just stone-faced, standing like, just, I mean, it just... Things like that are not helping Max's popularity. Uh, I don't think it's suffering. Um, I think I think neutral fans are probably starting to look at him less favorably. But fans of Max aren't aren't losing their fandom over this kind of thing. But I just think his his fandom. Uh, obviously, um, Checo is on the rise. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Danny uh, Rick. Yes, Danny Rick. Danny Rick will always be like a mega fan favorite. Just personality. I mean, the guy's got everything. Just, oh, yeah. I, yeah. just lovable. Like one of the people you just feel like you can walk up to and start talking to. Uh, basically, the Dale Jr. of Formula One. I mean, yes. nothing. Dude could walk on water. Nothing he could like. Just everything about him is perfect. Um, Danny Rick. Ever since I came into F1 and being a fan of F1, Danny Rick has always been my favorite driver. I love the yeah. guy. I, I think. He's he's a good driver, not great, not not phenomenal, not an all-time driver. Good driver, very good. Um, but yeah, his his personality is just magnetic, and uh, he, you can't not like the guy. I mean, he's just a, he's just seems like a great. He seems like one of the most fun people to hang out with in motorsports. Yeah, if you need any reason whatsoever to root for Danny Rick, is that he uses the number three because of Dale Earnhardt, yep. because it was a massive Dale Earnhardt thing. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that he's he gets a pass in my book, <laughs> and the so, fact that he shows up to the Dakota every single year with a cowboy hat and riding a cowboy yeah, like yeah, plays the part like it's phenomenal. The fact that a Formula One driver is they will tell you that a NASCAR driver was the greatest driver of all time. Uh, that that is just awesome. Like you don't Pretty get that. It, dude is just as humble as can be. I mean, for for a professional athlete, I mean, no professional athlete is humbly humble. You can't be like. There's a mentality you have to have 
to get to that point in life. Um, but just down to earth, just chill, like super approachable, super fun, loving, good time having. Yes, to answer your question, I think they have the three most popular drivers in the paddock by far. And Matt, something kind of cool that I just put together right now. So Atlanta Braves, they're in Miami right now. They play uh, 4 p.m. today. Yep. Uh, tomorrow, F1 in Miami. They have the Miami GP. Pray to God it's better than last year's Miami GP. I was terrible. Uh, and then this weekend as well, Atlanta United is down playing Inter-Miami in Miami. So a oh. big a big sporting weekend for Miami. Yes. Uh, they, have, they have Braves down there. They have Atlanta United, and they have, uh, they have F1. That's pretty cool. I don't know how anything about Miami's soccer team, but hopefully they're better than their baseball team and they draw more of an audience. Yeah, they're pretty good. They draw a big audience. They have uh, they have Joseph Martinez down there now who actually hasn't been playing well, but... Um, oh, yeah, he's, he's on their roster? Yeah, yeah, he's on okay. their roster, yeah. Um, and Beckham, uh, Beckham owns them, so... Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good, pretty good. You got any final thoughts for today, man? No, I think I'm good. Uh, got to go do some yard work. Uh, the, the weatherman says if you're going to work outside, today's the day to do it. Tomorrow yeah, looks like a so. supposed to get some supposed to get uh, some rain moving in tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. I think. Um, hopefully, it doesn't rain out uh, any of the any of the sports plans we have for this weekend. We got some we got some sports plans and everything. Uh, where's uh, NASCAR's in Kansas? When do y'all Kansas. fly out? Uh, Saturday morning. It's a two day show, so I fly wow. out Saturday morning. Practice is like 4 p.m. Eastern, I think. Uh, practice and qualifying, and then we race on Sunday at 2 p.m. in Kansas, 3 p.m. Eastern, and fly home. So after last weekend, spending four days on the road uh, with the Sunday rain out, I'm looking forward to only spending two days on the road uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And That's being really home. quick, dude. <clears throat> yeah, I love these weekends. They don't come around all the time. Uh, a lot of times we have to go in Friday, tech inspections and everything is Friday. So it's a little bit of a, it's a trade-off. It's kind of a rush pace on Saturday because I have to have 40 tires ready to go at, by, in four hours. Uh, from the time the gates open, I have practice and qualifying in four and a half hours. So it's- You sure uh, you don't want those extra tire compounds? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So like. Friday, it doesn't. I'm, I'm not on a clock because they're going through technical inspection. You don't have to be on um, race tires to do that. We have set up tires specifically for inspection that we travel on and roll around the shop on. So that's what they're on when they go through tech inspection. I have as long as I want to get all of my ducks in a row, my tires all perfect and everything. Um, not that I can cut corners or anything. Uh, the, the the job is the same. Everything might not be as neat and organized and and Pace. My pace has to be much quicker on a Saturday-only show. Uh, there's a lot more stress, um, but at the same time, it's another night in my own bed with my family. Bingo! There you go. Um, or home with my family in my own bed. Uh, nothing. Nothing against hotel beds. I've had some good ones. I've had some bad ones, but nothing beats your own bed ever. No. So I've I'll, never had I will, I will take the higher pace, the higher stress on a Saturday to spend a Friday night in my bed. I've never had a hotel bed that I fit in, so I've never had a good hotel. I hate hotel beds. They're the worst. Sometimes I'd rather sleep on the floor than on the hotel bed. I've had a hotel bed like that. That's yeah, so bad. So bad. All right. For uh, for Matt Ridgeway, I am Bryce Sparling. Watch all the motorsports this weekend. We have NASCAR out at Kansas. We have F1 in Miami. Uh, and as you know, May kicks off the greatest month of motorsports in the entire calendar year. So I am 
I am stoked about it, but we will see y'all next week. Same time, same place.